0: So while you guys are still getting your last pens and papers, um, I want to tell you guys a little bit about how every summer Trinity does one of my favorite trips that I've ever been on. Hi, Allison. Um And we go on this thing called backpacking, if you guys have been with us before. Um, I came around and talked to some of you about something cool we're going to do a little bit later related to backpacking. But basically what we do is we fill backpacks with a bunch of stuff and like a few things of clothing. And you drive in these vans all the way out through Fresno, and if you've ever been to Fresno, you know that's not like the world's nicest place. Um, But all of a sudden, you drive out past Fresno, and you're like, wow, there's beautiful wilderness right here. This is amazing. And if you've been with us on backpacking or not, what we do uh, kind of the first night is either your team will sleep at the trailhead, or you'll hike in a ways and then kind of sleep to the side of the trail for the first night. And if you have happened to have been a freshman or a sophomore when you've gone backpacking, maybe you'd realize that when you got with your team, you're kind of with your friends while you're on the drive and stuff, but then you get with your teammates, and you realize maybe you know one or two people on the team. Um, but especially if you're a freshman, Ellie Boys has never let me hear the end of this. Uh, she was the only freshman girl on Team Finger Bowl, and she made other friends, so it worked out okay. Um, but you don't really know anyone at the beginning of that week. And really, even if you're an upperclassman and you haven't interacted with the freshmen or the sophomores or the juniors very much, you're kind of surrounded by a group of strangers. And you're like, wow, I don't really know these people very well. And so you wouldn't be ready the first day of backpacking to go on these crazy hikes where you kind of need to count on each other and know what you're doing and know who the people on your team are. So that's why you kind of ease into backpacking with things like you hang around the campfire, you play mafia, you tell stories about your lives so you get to know each other better. You play Dutch Blitz, and then you almost become not friends because of Dutch Blitz, but then you become better (laughs) friends afterwards. Um, And that's how this process of kind of getting to know your team at backpacking. Um, And it's kind of normal, right, when you don't know a group of people to be like, Okay, I shouldn't trust them fully because I don't know who these people are. Like, you know they like Jesus, right, which is a plus, but you don't really know your team that well, so you're not going to really be ready to kind of go all in with trusting them. And that's normal because uh, I don't have the relationship books in here right now, but if you've had yours and you've looked at it, that's cool. If not, that's also okay. But the definition of trust in that book is going to be up on the screen for you guys and It's defined as a feeling of confidence and belief in someone that comes from what you know about them. So you start with knowing, like, facts and things, their favorite movies, uh, their, I don't know, what they like to do in their free time, maybe kind of a little bit more about their life story. That's what you start with. And when you begin to form feelings and opinions about those facts, about those things that you know about someone, that's where trust happens. And I'm telling you all this stuff about backpacking because... It's important for you guys to know that in my experience, and I think everyone's experience, trust takes time. That's going to be another little thing on your sheet right there. Trust takes time. So the book also talks about this thing, and I don't know if I have a slide for this one or not, but it's called the 90-day probation period, which all that's saying is you should take more than three months to kind of really get to know someone, um, which maybe that's <laughs> that shouldn't be the most like, radical thing in the world to you. But it doesn't have to be that exact number. It doesn't have to be like you're counting down the day's with little tally marks. But really, the idea is that we do so many trips here at Trinity. And there's a reason behind that. It's not like we, we just, like, there's, there's this thing where we need your money or we think it's cool to go a bunch of places so we can post on Instagram about it. We think that there is a very specific, distinct purpose behind why we go to each and every one of these trips and that purpose is so that uh, for example like if you guys went to winter camp this weekend I've known my senior guys all four years that they've been in high school a couple of them have joined us later on in high school but I have never felt closer to them than after this this weekend because we spent I don't know three four-ish days together I don't really know because I drank a lot of coffee and it was kind of blurry for some of it um, but we were there together a long time, right? And in those three days, the amount of conversations that I had with the senior men, the amount of things that we went and did together, the amount of times that sleds almost like we're, it was sketchy, but we were, it bonded us, right? Because Trinity believes in the importance of shared experiences. Don't, that might be another thing on your sheet. Shared experiences. We believe that's how trust is formed, and that's why we do all these trips. It's all so that as a class and really as a Trinity family, if you were there on Monday, I was talking a little bit about how I think we call it a church family not accidentally, that we, we really are family. And that's something so, so special about Trinity. There are people that go to churches for half their lives, most of their lives, all of their lives, and never really feel like that at a church. And I don't know if you guys realize how blessed you are because of what you have here. And if you're newer, if you're coming into this, I hope that's what you find here. Because I really believe that's what we're about. And so that's kind of one of the main ways that we see trust being built. And we're going to read a story from the Gospel of Matthew. It's in chapter 14. We'll be starting in verse 25. So if you guys have that, we're going to read it. And it's about how Peter and Jesus had a, a relationship going on. They knew each other. They'd been doing stuff together for a while, they'd been traveling, Jesus had been doing some teaching, Jesus had been doing some miracles, some, some crazy stuff had happened, and so Peter had seen some stuff, some stuff that would make him believe that Jesus was about what he was talking about. He knew what he was doing, and Peter felt like he could trust him after what they had been through together. So we're going to pick up in verse 25, and I've got to find it in this Bible because the font is so tiny. Okay, hang on, here we go. Okay, so verse 25 says Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. So I think this, the disciples, and Peter probably also has this reaction, right? That's pretty normal, because if I saw a dude walking out on a lake, I'd either think I was tripping, like I, I was hallucinating, and that guy's not really there. Or I'd be thinking maybe I ate some bad fish for breakfast. Like I'm kind, or it's a ghost, like that's just an apparition, and he's floating on the water, and I'm freaking out. But Peter hears Jesus' voice, and he knows who he is, right? He recognizes his voice. And he feels comforted by that because he has these feelings of trust. And so they've been through a lot together already. But tonight, because Peter had that trust for Jesus, right? And tonight we're not just talking about trust, though. We want to take it a step further. We're doing both trust and rely tonight. And so this relationship kind of building that we're talking about, it's a process. I don't have the chart with me or up here, but you start with knowing things, right? I mentioned that a little bit earlier. You know the little things and the big things about who someone is and about what makes them who they are. And from that, you get trust. But it can't stop there. right? Maybe some of you guys have had this friend, I know I have, and don't look at them if they're in the room, because that'd be weird, where uh, you, you thought you could trust them, but then they start getting kind of flaky. right? You want to hang out with them. Oop, I saw a look. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bring it back. Uh, sorry about that. Um, so they start getting flaky, you, you realize they've canceled plans once or twice, and this happened to me, I have these, when you go off to college, hopefully it won't be any of the people sitting in this room, but you might have some friends that you knew in high school that are like, oh yeah, let's get, let's get coffee sometime, right, let's hang out, let's catch up. I've gotten many, many texts that say that. I'm like, oh yeah, great, like, let's do it. And I'm like, okay, here's when I'm free, like, this is my work schedule, this is what's happening with me. And they just never reply. You're like, okay, okay, bye, I guess. like, I didn't really want to get caught with you either. Um, but So you can have feelings of trust for someone, but that doesn't mean that you can actually count on them. right? Because if someone that you think you can trust is continually bailing on your plans, continually not being there for you, you cannot rely on that person, and then your trust is probably going to go down too. So... The definition of reliance, I was thinking about this today, I was, I was preparing this sermon, like, what's the difference between trust and rely, right? What, why, is th- th- why are those different things on the little ram chart on the relationship thing? And It's because, this is the definition here, reliance is trust in action. Trust in action. Trevor this my friend, are you here tonight? Yes. Okay, so I, I, asked him, I asked him permission to tell this story. And if you know what he says, if you know his phrase, don't shout it out yet, okay? Uh, many of you probably have heard it. But in conversations with Trevor, probably every conversation I've had with Trevor over the past six months, a year, I'll say something like, oh, hey, Trevor, this is what I was doing. Like, I was in class on Tuesday, and then I went to Flame Broiler for dinner, and then he'll say, Manchester! Prove it! Oh. <laughs> he, says, he says two things. He also says Manchester, which is another way of saying prove it, right? So, so he says prove it, and it's one of those things where I'm, like, a little bit shook by that, and then for, like, 20 minutes afterwards, I'm like, wait, how do I prove that I was in class? Like, do I have any proof of that? And then I kind of stop worrying about it. But I think, guys, I think that Trevor is, is hitting on something deeper, a need in our culture, where I think you guys see a lot of, there are some flaky people in your lives, some people that you felt like you haven't been able to trust, and lots of people can say things. There are so many people in our world on the news, maybe people that you know that are just saying things, and then they don't follow up on those things in real life. right? That's the difference. And so I think Trevor's hitting on something much deeper there. We, we want to see people come through for us. We want to see people follow up on their word. And at backpacking, we actually do this thing, and it's a little bit cheesy, but I hope it shows you guys what reliance looks like, because it's a step further than trust. And so, if I talk to you, if you've gone backpacking in the last couple of years, and you know what this is about, or you're Sean, and I talk to you because you're you can do it anyways. Uh, why don't you come on down to the middle of the well room, and my man Jaden, um, come on over here, because we're gonna need you in a second. So, if you can do this quietly, I'm just going to give a little bit of context. So, Adam's going to throw up a picture uh, of a place called Dogtooth. And it will not look very scary from the front of it. And that, friends, that's because we don't climb up the front side of it. Um, you are going to, when you climb it, you go around the back side, and it's actually a lot steeper. Go get up there. So, it's a lot higher. So before we do this, before we do this, friends right here. So before we do this at backpacking, before we go up there, what we do is these things that we call trust falls, we could call it a reliance fall, because this is the part where you're proving it. And basically what it means is this is a photo of our own director, Joel Mitchell, doing a trust fall, a reliance fall. And so. The reason that we do this is because in a second, not yet, um, but Adam in a second is going to put up these pictures of what it actually looks like climbing up Dogtooth. And at that point, you need to know that you can count on your teammates. Because there are parts of it where, like, even I'm a little sketchy out. I don't love heights. It's not my favorite thing. It's not my jam. But you need to know that you can count on these people. Um, We've literally, like, hoisted someone up to the top before, and they really had to count on us. And so this, what we're about to do right here, we make everyone on on the team do this. Because this is a way of saying, hey, do you actually trust these people? So, Jaden, do you trust your teammates? I don't know. We'll see. Well, Well, ideally, at backpacking, the answer would be yes. Of course I trust my team. So, are you guys ready? You guys good? All right. Jaden, go for it. Jaden, prove it. Oh <laughs> All right, thanks guys. Give it a, a hand for our friends. Thanks for your help. So Adam, you can throw those pictures up there. This is what it actually looks like when you climb up Dogtooth. Uh, I think that's Jeff, Jeff Wagner and Izzy Gazanaga who is currently getting hoisted up to the top of Dogtooth. And then there's one more, Kelly Hungerford. I think that's Jaden and Lacey, maybe. All uh, right, you can take those down. So, so why do I show you that? Because those, some of those people that were up there and that were down here, those are people that I trust. And those are people that I rely upon. And even more so than like your backpacking team, because as much as we wish that would go on forever, we wish for you guys that there are people in this room, in your class, who are your counselors, that, would be, that they would be able to be there for you in the difficult moments of your lives to, um, to celebrate when things are going right, to mourn with you when things are difficult. And I show you that because that, we came back to this community and we continued to do things like that with our lives. Not necessarily jumping into each other's arms quite like that, but it's a way of saying, hey, you guys can count on me, and we hope that you have those people here. And so when we last left Peter, he was chilling in the boat with the disciples. They were figuring out if that was actually Jesus. Then he spoke to them. And so Jesus says something to Peter, and he says, come. In other words, prove it. Walk out on the water. Show me you trust me. And we're gonna pick it up in verse 29 after Jesus has invited Peter out onto the water. It says then Peter got out, down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And so I imagine Peter kind of freaking out a little bit as he takes those first steps, because if you're like me, you yourself have tried to walk on water and it's not yet gone well for me. Uh, so if it has for you, tell me your secret. Uh, maybe you believe in Jesus harder than I do, and we could talk about that. But it hasn't worked for me, and I bet until that point Peter had never done it either, so he's probably freaking out a little bit. And Peter is realizing Jesus is the one that's doing this. I trust him, and I'm relying on him, and he's enabling me to walk on the water toward him. And I want you guys to know that it's not because... Jesus isn't trustworthy or reliable that Peter begins to sink. It's because in that moment, Peter got distracted from his reliance on Jesus, and he was overcome by the fear of his direct circumstances, which I think we can relate to, right? Because when the winds start blowing in our lives, and when there's waves, and when it's scary, and when we're going to climb a mountain, sometimes literal, sometimes metaphorical, we're scared. And we get distracted and we run away from Jesus or we just lose our, we, we stop paying attention to him. And it's, it wasn't because Jesus wasn't reliable, it's because Peter lost sight of him. He, he lost his focus on Jesus. And another thing that's important that I need you guys to hear from tonight is this. Don't rely on others to the extent that you rely on God. Because Peter's counting on God to help him walk on water there, right? But I've seen this happen often. And it is a tendency to happen in romantic relationships, but I think it can happen in friendships and other relationships in your lives too, where we confuse other people for the role that God is meant to play in our lives. And often that's because we can tangibly, we can tangibly excuse me, we can see those people. We can talk to them. And they're more real to us in that sense but they listen to our deepest concerns, our problems, and our thoughts. And I don't think that's bad. I think that's actually really good. That's healthy. But it becomes dangerous when we place the weight of expectation on someone to fix all of our problems, to pay attention to us every waking moment of every day. And I've just seen that become so unhealthy in a lot of people's relationships and I don't know if you guys have seen any relationships like this that have worked out but in my experience whether that was my own relationships because I I was guilty of doing that in the past or um, you've just seen I've seen other people in my life and maybe you guys have in yours where the the weight of expectation the weight that that person is putting on someone else they just can't carry that weight for forever because that kind of weight and that kind of expectation and that kind of trust and that kind of reliance is ultimately meant for God And there's good news tonight, right? That's why we call it the gospel. And it's because we have a God who knows us more intimately and more deeply than we know ourselves. I would encourage you guys to read Psalm 139 if you have questions about how God knows us and and the depth to which he knows us. We have a God who is more trustworthy than any dating partner could ever be. And we have a God who came through for us when it counted the most, when it was most costly to him, when it would have been the easiest for him to bail on us, to not get back to us, to leave us on red. but he showed up, right? We know that we can count on him because he was there for us when it was most costly for him. So Jesus is never going to stand you up and he's never going to let, let you down. That's not what I was going for, but... <laughs> that was on accident. So we can't leave Peter drowning in the water, right? He's drowning in the water when we left him in in the passage last. And so he's sinking, and maybe he feels like a lot of us do, where we've lost sight of Jesus, and we give in to this temptation to think that either Jesus wasn't there for us in the first place, and we are making all that up, or we think that Jesus is just letting us drown, and for some reason, that's what he wants to happen to us. And neither one of those, excuse me, neither one of those things is the case. And so, in verse 31, let's uh, let's see how the story ends here. It says, "Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith," he said, "Why did you doubt?" And when I've read this passage in the past, people I've often heard it preached and in sermons where people think that Jesus in that moment was throwing mad shade at Peter. He's like, oh, you have little faith. You know, and he's kind of talking down to him like, come on, Peter, why didn't you trust me? The way I read that, and I don't know, I could be wrong, but the way I think I, it really resonates with me when I read it is I think that's the most affectionate thing that Jesus could have said to Peter in that moment. He says, you of little faith. Did, didn't, didn't you trust me? You, you lost sight of me. I, was, I, was, I wasn't going anywhere. I was here for you. I will be here for you. And I wasn't going anywhere. I've got you. Always. So would you trust and rely on those around you? Because that's the way that God intended for us to live our relationships. And they can be good and they can bless us. And we can have healthy relationships with each other. But would you always remember that by trusting Jesus, you'll never be let down? And I know that's one of those things when you hear that. You're like, but what if I'm in a difficult time? What if I'm walking through what scripture calls the valley of the shadow of death, right? What if I don't feel like he's there for me and I feel like I'm drowning and I feel like things are difficult and they're not getting better? Jesus is there for you in the midst of that, I promise. And more so than any human being you could ever put your trust in, Jesus is worth our trust. And so I'm going to have the worship team come on back up here and I'll pray for us. We're going to sing a song about how God is reliable. You can always count on Him, and He is the one who is most worthy of our trust. So, would you pray with me? Father in heaven, God, we love you so much. Thank you that you've given us other people in our lives that we can lean on, that we can count on, uh, that have shown us in practical, tangible ways that they're here for us. And those people might be our friends, they might be our counselors. Thank you for giving us those people that we know can be there for us. And God, most of all, thank you for being there for us when it was most costly to you, when it would have been easy to give up, um, to just to go back to heaven and, and not pay that heavy price, God. But you did because you loved us. You wanted a relationship with us, God. And tonight we, w- we just want to sing about your faithfulness, your trustworthiness. And even if we're not feeling that, God, would we push against that? Would we, would we sing even harder knowing that we want to believe that you're worth our trust, God? Would you give us more faith if that's what we need tonight? Um, we love you so much, God, and wherever we're at tonight, would you meet us in that place? In your name we pray, amen. Let's sing together.